Welcome to Parlay Me Power Players. This is a podcast that explores the latest entrepreneurs, startups, founders, business leaders, and even enterprises that are changing the game. We call them the disruptors. You might see them as your mentors or maybe even your colleagues, but we are so excited to bring to you each week someone we find either fascinating, progressive, or someone that's really making changes in all kinds of industries. We are agnostic in what we cover, so we cover everything from mobility to AI to food and produce, you name it, we cover it. But most importantly, we want to showcase to you entrepreneurs that are really making a difference and making the world a better place. All right. Hi, folks, and welcome to Parlay Me Power Plays podcast. Today, we have a very special and unique guest. Yes, we have Dylan Rhodes, also known as Famous Dill on Instagram, with over 140 followers alone just on Instagram. Yes, that's correct. 140,000 followers. Um, Dill is a recording artist, an entrepreneur, and obviously an exceptional person. That's why we have him on our podcast today. He's based in Philly and he gained his recognition, so to speak, in 2015 with the early success of a platinum hit single titled Jordan Belfort. Yes, that's right. A song named after the notorious Jordan Belfort himself, mostly known for the Wolf of Wall Street. And, you know, yeah, he pleaded guilty to a few... fraudulent crimes out there on the stock market. We won't go into that. But the hit single, no doubt, did super well. It was platinum selling and based, you know, on the 2013 film Wolf of Wall Street. So it accumulated over 100 million streams. Yes, you heard that correct, 100 million streams. So Dill um, did create this song along with a guy called Wes Walker and it garnered a lot of success. They then toured a lot of colleges, venues, and they performed at over 50 shows across the US. So Dill is, to us, the ultimate entrepreneur. He's a recording artist. Um, As we mentioned, he's also an investor. He's a marketing professional, a blockchain evangelist, we like to call him. And he also has his own record label. Yes, that's right. Bill independently distributes his music as the CEO and owner of a record label called itslit.org. So, um, Dill, you've been super busy. Um, I believe you're 23 of um, (laughs) very young um, and already graduated from Tulane University in 2018 with a degree in finance and business management. So, yeah, you've done a lot. Um, He continues to elevate his music career with several independent singles and and his recent debut album, Crypto Rich. As of 2020, Dill has more than 100 million listeners and has had over 200 million streams worldwide. I mean, this is major. So um, Dill also has consulting services, marketing services, has a company called Advantage Blockchain, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, Dill has also recently joined Veltalo real estate team and leads new business there, um, which we'll talk about that as well. It's a digital asset blockchain technology platform. So we all know that 220 Dill was a pandemic. We're all still in a pandemic. Um, We're definitely not out of it. 
whilst it slowed down a lot of industries, it also accelerated a lot, yeah, um, especially in the streaming industry. So 2020, no doubt, was huge for you. I think you garnered something like 19 million streams on Spotify alone, if I'm correct. So first question is, how did you do it? <laughs> how did you do it? <laughs> well, thanks for the great intro. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I've been doing music for the past five or six years, really full time since Jordan Belfort took off. And this year I did almost 20 million streams, like you said, huge portion of them being Jordan Belfort, my top hit. But also I've been working hard on promoting my independent singles and my album Crypto Rich, which came out recently and been doing a lot of exciting stuff with blockchain along the way. So I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. But I love to take that to my music and make music about what I do. Uh, so I, I think really every everything is about my entrepreneurship, um, but also uh, my passion, which is music. Absolutely. Your passion comes through, definitely. So um, that's what I want to talk a bit about. I always like to kind of start at the beginning, so to speak. So you've been creating content from, you know, from what I can see from your platforms, at least five years, um, if not more. Um, and a lot of your contents like living large, going to exotic countries, kind of that young, rich lifestyle um, kind of mentality. But it hasn't always been like that, right? Like, can you tell us maybe from the beginning, like a little bit of the story, how you got started and made the Jordan Belfort video, which garnered so many uh, streams um, and how like that gave you your big break? Yeah, so we really did everything independently. And I have a lot of vlogs on YouTube as well as interviews as well where I talk about this. I recently was on Jordan Belfort's podcast and we came a really long way from just being two kids who are like best friends since middle school and decided to make a song in our bedroom all the way to actually being featured on Jordan Belfort's podcast with the man himself uh, after making the song. So we That's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> No, and it, and it actually took like five or six years before we got on the podcast. So it came full circle, but it's really exciting to see that happen. Um, and as an artist, I think that's all you can ask for. And so I'm just focused on continuing to elevate my career. Yeah, you definitely go uh, full circle when you get when you do a song about um, Jordan Belfort, and then you end up being interviewed him by him. It's just incredible. So tell me. Um, if you don't mind, and I know we're definitely going to focus on what you're doing now because you're doing an incredible amount of things at the moment, but we believe like, well, we all know that entrepreneurship is all about the hustle, especially at the beginning, right? Um, and you were around 19 when you first put together um, uh, that video. Can you tell us a little bit about how much hustle you had to go through to actually release that video? <laughs> yeah, so when Jordan Belfort first came out, we knew it was a good song, but we just put it on SoundCloud and let it go for a while. And Wes and I would show it to some of our friends when we were uh, at school or out at parties. And it was a cool song, but we never knew that it was going to take off the way it did. So it actually took over a year to get the first one million streams. And when it's your first song blowing up, you don't even necessarily know how far it's going to go when it gets that first one million. 
I mean, it's a very long way from the first 1 million streams to reaching like 1 million sales, which is platinum, and then reaching like 100 million streams or multi-platinum, which we're getting audited for now. So at the beginning, uh, you know, we just really kept pursuing it and, and pushing it. And I think a big part of what made the song explode was our tour. And there are other things that continue to make it popular. I mean, everything associated with the Jordan Belfort movie is just legendary. Everyone loves that film and the story. So that carries it today. And even today, it's like a big song on TikTok. Uh, when the recent stuff happened with Robin Hood and GameStop, or, or GameStop uh, people were posting with the Jordan Belfort song all over TikTok. So it, it continues to be a song that is like college life and, and party life. Um, and also a song that people can relate to like investing and trading, which really segues right into what I'm doing now with my new album. But it all goes back to just having fun and my passion being music. And I didn't even know music would be something I would take really seriously. Like even as a kid, I was pretty practical. I thought I would go into business or something like that. Um, I was sort of into sports, but I never thought I could be a professional sports player, for example. And I maybe liked music and stuff, but I was just having fun with it. And so even if you go watch my vlog, you can see my high school clips where it's just me and friends from high school messing around. There's even a clip in there of me and Wes in middle school at on the like schoolyard. Uh, we're probably in like seventh grade and I'm standing there beatboxing like and and Wes is rapping. And this is like years before we ever made the Jordan Belfort song. So we've just been having fun and messing around. And it's funny to like look back and see some of that stuff, even if it's on like a cell phone video. I just try to put it out there because that's how it started for me. Like it was just two kids messing around uh, in the schoolyard. And that really turned into... Uh, everything I'm doing now. And even in high school, Wes and I had like a little DJ business that we did. So me and Wes go back a long time. And it was awesome that we got to collaborate on Jordan Belfort and have that blow up. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, um, how you met Wes. And um, so you went to school, middle school together, and then you just kind of pivoted, so to speak, uh, from there. Um, do you guys still collab? Like what's your, um, your business setup, so to speak? Are you business partners or how do you work? Yeah. He's one of my best friends and we were 50, 50 on the Jordan Belfort song. So we toured together for years and we both still live in Philly. We link up and make music occasionally work on some other songs. We've got a new song dropping on Friday. It's called Ooh. Kardashian. And so that one's going to be cool. <laughs> it's called Kardashian. Yes, it's called Kardashian. It's actually a song that's previewed at the beginning of the Jordan Belfort music video and the beginning of the On Fire music video. I love it. I love it. Well, definitely, I would say that both Wes and yourself are pioneers and definite um, early adopters because I think you can definitely make a conscious decision these days as a youth if you want to be an influencer or a um, yeah, an influencer or social media or blogger or whatnot you can actually choose that and go out and find the ways of doing it but from what it sounds you guys were doing it before it was really even a big thing and then it became a big thing so everything kind of collided it sounds at the same time for you so um I guess to that point you you have a very like super playful demeanor on social media and I think that's what a lot of people gravitate towards um and a very youthful energy i mean you are very young i don't want to say but you know you're still what 23 so very young um 
I guess I want to know, like, um, who maybe influenced you in the social media space? Like, um, it, I, yeah, was there anyone when you were a teen or um, in your early 20s, which you are now, that has kind of influenced you? Or do you just kind of keep it real, keep it original, you do your own thing? Well, I definitely listened to a lot of rap growing up. Um, I liked, like, Meek Mill originally, Rick Ross, and then I got into, like, Drake and some other rappers, like Young Thug I really like, and uh, Lil Uzi Vert and Chief Keef. And so I got into all these rappers, and I sort of always thought that I could do it too. Um, I was even, like, when I was in, like, seventh grade, I was in, like, musicals and stuff, so I did a little bit of singing here and there. Um, so I knew I knew I had what it took to do that, and I would just like listen to stuff and rap along, and I just learned from there. So um, I was I was definitely inspired by other rappers, um, but I bring my own entrepreneurial twist to it, and I'm I, I watch all different types of entrepreneurs and influencers and social media now. I mean, I love like Gary V and all of those kind of big rig entrepreneur guys, and uh, you know also people within the crypto space. And so I try to bring my own mix, though, and just stay original and true to myself as well. No, it's super important. You've got to in this industry. So to that point, you have a lot of kind of, I guess, crypto, um, you know, uh, influence and whatnot. Uh, Your album's called Crypto Rich, um, and it's about, like, chasing your goals and dreams and pursuing your passion. Um, it has a lot of kind of like that fast money, live once mentality, take risks, like live to your fullest. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about like the inspiration of like how you went about creating this album um, and like how long was it in the works and um, yeah, all that good stuff? Yeah, so a lot of people look at Crypto Rich and they might think it's like a, a money grab or just trying to use the crypto name. It's actually so genuine to me and my story. So I made Jordan Belfort and I toured and then it just died down a little bit. And I decided to go back and finish my education at Tulane. And that's because I already finished two years. I had already invested in that and I just wanted to finish it out and get my finance degree. So I went back and I finished my finance degree and I started getting really into crypto at the time. And uh, one of my buddies actually called me and told me about Ethereum. And at the time we were only like 19, 20 years old. So I was the only one of my friends that really had any money to invest because I had the music going on. And so when my friend called me, he was like, yo, man, if you just get a thousand dollars into this Ethereum, we'll never have to work again. And you know what? He was 100 percent right. I literally do crypto full time now, and that's how I make most of my money. And so so I got big into crypto like five, six years ago. And um, I haven't looked back since. I've done a lot of different things in crypto. And that's really, you have to remember that I had said I took time off from music. So I was totally focused on crypto. And I actually reached this point where I thought, you know, all right, music is a little bit behind me. I'm moving on to this business thing and crypto is the future. And so I still believe crypto is the future. But um, basically, uh, after a couple of years in crypto, I realized that what I was really passionate about was music. And so although crypto is awesome as an entrepreneur and businessman, I love it. And it's something I'll always be involved in. And I'm helping build every single day. I realized that I still needed that passionate outlet and that I wanted to make music my full time thing. And so then I just kind of pieced everything together. And it actually took a couple of years. But the end product is crypto rich. 
And so Crypto Rich is an album about my story and my experience um, through crypto and how crypto has inspired me to just chase my goals and uh, be myself. And so it's a project that really speaks to these NFT communities. And on Clubhouse, I'm finally finding a demographic that understands my project right away. Like before this, it was it, before this NFT boom, it was harder to explain the Crypto Rich project and album because people just didn't know what crypto was all about. Yeah. With NFTs around, and now people are starting to understand Bitcoin and Ethereum a little more. At least when I say Crypto Rich, it rings a bell. And they understand that I have an NFT now and other things like this. So um, I'm really excited about how I've been able to sort of piece together the things that I love and that have helped me in my life to put together the Crypto Rich Project. And so it's not a music album about crypto or where I'm just rapping some nerdy stuff about crypto. It's really a project that's about me and inspired by crypto. Absolutely. So you you are truly telling your story. So to that point, I think you made a comment once that people who don't hold crypto, um, like, do you like still have dial-up internet or flip phone? So <laughs> to that point, do you think crypto has finally arrived? Like, do you think the masses like are gravitate? Like, is it crypto's time right now? You mentioned the NFTs. Um, do you think now it's finally happening? Uh, I think it's always going to take time to grow. And so there's never going to be one moment where it's finally happening. Like each time we push higher and higher is just an additional wave that gets sent out. And so there's always going to be traditional markets and there's always going to be crypto markets. Um, But from where I came from, I would say it's happening and it's already happened. But that doesn't mean that if you get in now, it's too late because it's happening now and it'll keep happening for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so getting in now is the best thing you can do for yourself. A lot of people just get scared and think, oh, well, it's too, you know, it's too high now. And the wow. thing is, maybe it is high now. Maybe it'll go lower, but you're probably going to forget about it when it goes lower. I've just seen it happen so many times. So if you're interested in crypto and it's got your interest, I usually tell people get a little bit in now, you know, save some money or think about your income and then save some to buy in in the future if it goes down. And that's that's advice I can give people. Yeah, I think people feel like they've even missed the wave or like you have to have a fair bit of chunk of change sitting on the side to get in now. But um, good on you for getting in when you did. So um, a little bit, I guess, talking about getting in early is NFT. So in regards to the music industry, um, so how do you think for those listening um, and don't know what NFTs are, maybe you can describe, Dill, because you know better than I do, and like what, how you think it's benefiting the music industry and artists? Sure, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And first, before I talk about NFTs, I want to describe like what it means to get in earlier, to, to ride the wave, because people don't really understand, okay? And mm. so it's like this. People like to say, oh, I'm not going to get into crypto because it's too high now. And so what that is, is that's like you're going to say, I'm going to wait until there's a tsunami to ride the wave. And I don't want to get in now and practice with the little waves, right? And I don't want to try surfing on the little waves and seeing how the waves work and feeling out the water. I'm just going to wait for the giant tsunami. And then when that comes, I'm going to jump on and try to ride the wave, 
right? You would never do that if you were surfing, right? You're going to have to jump on each little wave and practice. And so that's how you truly grow in crypto and any type of investing, right? If you want to ride the big wave, the big tsunami, when you know, Bitcoin goes to 100K like it is now, or next time when Bitcoin goes to a million dollars. The way you do that is you ride little waves, you figure it out, you get your footing, and then you're ready for the big wave. Um, but anyway, let's talk NFTs. <laughs> yes. So NFTs are basically a digital collectible. There's a lot of different things that you can do with it. But what it's all about is allowing an artist to offer an authentic, limited digital collectible. So with my NFT, I've created a one of 100 collectible that represents the Crypto Rich album. And so uh, anyone can buy into this. You can resell it at any time. And it gives you some special benefits such as merchandise airdrops, the ability to set up meetings with me and other things like that. So it allows you to have an exclusive relationship with me. And that's just one benefit of it, right? Because it's more than just a ticket to have a, a relationship with me. That is kind of like the side benefit. What it really is, is a collectible, which you can buy and then resell at any time. And so if my album gets really popular, there's only going to be 100 people who can own this collectible. And so it can be sold and traded just like trading cards or just like a rookie card. So the Crypto Rich NFT is kind of like my rookie card for the Crypto Rich album. Uh, if you think of how rookie cards work in baseball, people buy them when a player is new. And if that player goes on to have a big career, the rookie card usually comes valuable because it's a limited collectible just like the crypto wow. nft yeah absolutely so you're you're are you putting what now there for those listening there's a bunch of platforms you can put your nfts on right there's like open i think there is and um you probably know them better than i do which ones do you gravitate towards and we're not endorsing any here but which ones are you using yeah i'm a big fan of open and rareable I think those are two of the best platforms. So there's also Foundation and Mintable and other platforms that have other use cases. So it really depends exactly what you're looking for. Um, but I'm a big fan of OpenSea for any artist trying to mint NFTs. And Rarible is another one to check out, which has some different additional features. Um, I have NFTs available on both. Fantastic. There's so much happening um, on in the blockchain space at the moment, and I want to talk about it a little bit further with you. But before we get into it, I just want to ask you a little bit about collaboration um, and I guess on the social media. Yeah, absolutely. And also I wanted to share, um, if you want any more information about yes. NFTs, you can go on YouTube and you can type Dill NFT. D-Y-L-N-F-T, and you can watch my videos. I have a bunch of different videos describing how to make, buy, and use NFTs. So if anyone's just interested in learning more about NFTs, check out Fantastic. the YouTube channel. And I love that. You do have some really great educational pieces where you kind of um, – uh, for lack of a better word, you you pass the baton. Like you're you're giving the information, the education. Like check out Dill's work because literally he gives such good um, roundups of like what is blockchain, what is Ethereum, what is um, NFTs, and um, you can really kind of understand and go from there. So check it out. Um, so yeah, I just want to touch on kind of collaborations because I think as any uh, social influencer, you need to be open to collaborations and that's how you really build up followings and let's face it, make money. So I wanted to know kind of like what collabs maybe you could speak to that you've really enjoyed doing 
or maybe some that didn't work out and you don't have to name the brand, um, but any kind of advice you have there. And then also I've got kind of three questions in one here, but um, who would you love to collab with if you could? And that could be like musician or brand or anything. Yeah, well, I've had some great collabs. Uh, I like collabing with artists and making music together. I've had a lot of success and great work come out of that. Um, I also have my partner, Fashion Nova, who I do a lot of modeling for and photo shoots with their clothing. And I really like Fashion Nova. I'm a fan of them and their products. And that's been a great partnership for me. And going forward, um, you know, I'm always looking for new collabs. I don't know if I can think of anything going terribly wrong. Um, you know, I've, I've been, <laughs> no, no, I've been lucky. Um, but there have been a few yeah. music collabs where I just sent something that, you know, or we just worked on a project and musically it just didn't come out. Uh, great. And then I've had music videos where the shoot didn't go as planned, but I always make it work. And I'm someone who always looks for the positives. So that's how I tend, tend to think things go. Um, and going forward, I'm always looking for new brand collabs. I've recently found a lot uh, more avenues to get connected to different brands, but I'm always looking for new collabs on new shows. Uh, there's been a couple shows that didn't go exactly as planned, and that's always interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I also have my own merchandise brand and clothing brand now that I've been working on a lot. So I can't wait to just start posting a lot of modeling photos in my own clothing and my own brands. Brilliant. Well, yay. When you can do it for yourself, that's, that's the aim, right? Um, so I wanted to speak to you really quickly because you said to an interviewer once uh, when they were interviewing you on, I think, some red carpet somewhere or something, um, and you said to them, I don't get nervous. There's nothing to be like when you're giving advice, sorry, I should put in context. You the interviewer asked you what advice would you give um, you know, um entrepreneurs or people, and you said, Don't get nervous, nothing there's nothing to be scared of. So my question is, is there anything you're scared of? Like you seem pretty unstoppable, you seem a force to be reckoned with, you have a lot of motivation in what you do, but is there anything that scares Dill <laughs> or did scare you? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm no Superman. I mean, plenty of things scare me. I mean, you know, there's a ton of different things in yeah. life that scare the shit out of me. And, yeah. you know, that's how it is. And that that just can't be something that stops you, right? And, and it's like the classic quote, like the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. Like you need to get, you need to just get over like being so um, just, turned off by fear like you can't have fear suffocate you so there are going to be things in life which scare you there are going to be things which are out of your comfort zone and you have to practice putting yourself in those situations and learning how to deal with it and so i think that people like with that interview that you're referencing i think it was also a lot about how to just put yourself out there as an artist and you know people get stage fright and people get worried about the content that they're putting out there etc cetera, etc cetera. and what i've noticed is that happens at the early stages when you don't have much out there but long term the first things you do are always going to be like like rough draft and you know they're going to be the, your early work so it's not worth overthinking it. Like you don't have to overthink what you put out there. There's nothing to be scared of. You should just put your work out there 
and and see let people judge you like don't be afraid of other people's judgments i think that is a better way to phrase it right like don't be scared about what people are going to think about you like if your work is good and you know what you're doing great if you're underprepared and you don't know what you're doing and you're not confident then i think you know then i can understand why you're scared uh but I think if you just keep working on your craft and put the time in, then you can get to a point yeah. where you shouldn't be scared. Just be confident and believe in yourself and allow yourself to make mistakes. Don't yeah, be so hard important. on yourself. Yeah, that's important. Don't be so hard on yourself. I think sometimes we can be our own worst critics. Um, and then I guess I wanted to just touch upon it because it is prominent in a like, yeah. lot of the themes in your videos and whatnot or alluded to is like drug taking, um, and I guess your experience with drugs have helped shape your work. Um, so can you tell a little bit about that? I think you referenced Elon. Elon, you know, he, he had the, the famous spliff in his um, interview last year. Was it last year? I don't know when it was. Um, and the, you even have a song called Sex and Weed. So can you talk about a little bit like how you combine that into your music and how it influences and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, I'm definitely a fan of weed and, and med- marijuana cannabis. I'm actually a medical marijuana patient here in Pennsylvania. And so medical marijuana is something that's become very popular around the U.S. and is new here for Pennsylvania, uh, my home state. Okay. And so I'm from Philadelphia, and medical marijuana is something that I got within the last year and it's only been around for the past couple of years in my state. So I'm a big proponent of this. And ultimately, it comes down to I believe in freedom and I believe in allowing people to use marijuana. I think it's plant medicine. I think it's better than a lot of medications that people use these days. Um, at the same time, I think drugs can be dangerous, although they have helped me in many ways. And I've had a great time experimenting with drugs. I've also had terrible times that were caused by drugs drug use. So I think it's something that people really need to know. There's a lot of risks associated with it. Um, But, you know, there's people like me who just need to explore what's out there. And so I've explored a lot of different things in my life, and I'm lucky to be where I am. And I just say that everyone should use caution and educate yourself Um, You know, I'm not someone that's going to sit here and say everyone should use drugs like drugs are definitely a a dangerous thing. And so everyone should be careful with them. Uh, But at the same time, I think people should use things safely. And I don't think people should be in jail for marijuana use. And uh, I believe in cannabis as a safer form of medication for painkillers, for anxiety, Uh, for even for antidepressants and even for focus. I mean, I've personally used uh, cannabis to help me focus and do things that I need to get done on a daily basis. So that's what it is for me. And while I'm an advocate for medical cannabis and condone safe use of it, I'm also someone who says, you know, be careful with drugs, uh, be careful with alcohol. Those things can be dangerous. Uh, I've seen it in my own life as well. Yeah, everything in moderation. I'm a big believer in experimenting and um, finding your own journey and freedom and all that. So it's interesting that it's just come to your state because I lived in Cali for some years. Um, Wow, I'm showing my age now. I think about seven years ago, I lived in Cali 
month. Yeah. And they had it there. So, but that's California, right? <laughs> so of course everything's a little different there. Uh, but they had the medical marijuana, I'm pretty sure. Um, so back to, I guess, your content again, um, you know, you have vlogs as they're called, you have your Instagram, you're on TikTok. So you're you're big across platforms. You're on um, Clubhouse. That's where I discovered you. Um, you're on YouTube. I mean, I don't think there's any platform you're not on. Um, and so I guess, like, how do you balance, like, creating content and your business affairs? Um, uh, how do they work hand in hand or how do you prioritize them? Because um, you have a lot going on. Yeah, so I would say that I kind of just do what I can to prioritize things. And so I think as an entrepreneur, you have to prioritize in many ways what's making you income. Um, But I also have to balance that with what I enjoy doing and making music. And so um, I tend to just shift back and forth to times when I'm making music and then times when I'm promoting or working on other things. So like right now I'm working on music videos and I'm working on creating the crypto rich uh, visual content mostly. I'm not really making or recording a lot of music right now. I just moved into a new apartment and I don't even have my studio set up yet, but I am working a lot on playlisting and I am working a lot on my YouTube videos promotion and I am working a lot on connecting with people in the NFT communities and I am working a lot on creating new visuals for Crypto Rich. So it just kind of goes based on what I need to do at that time. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fascinating because um, I think you have to wear many hats um, when, you, when you do what you do. So I guess, um, you you know, someone once said to me, like, everything's a competition to sleep, right? So there are so many platforms these days. Um, which ones, um, I guess, work best for you? I guess, in other words, which are the biggest competitors to sleep for you? <laughs> if I spend too much time on Clubhouse or Instagram or Twitter or whatever platform, I like, you know, it's a competition to sleep. I'm like, oh, I should be sleeping, but I'm on these platforms. So I guess I want to kind of know which platform is keeping you up at night, like that you're not getting your sleep. You're like, no, I hear you. Um, totally. So I'm on Instagram a lot. I was, I use Clubhouse a lot. Um, I also use YouTube a lot. Those are some big ones. Um, but yeah, I use the, the Spotify a lot for streaming. Um, I would say Instagram, Spotify, Clubhouse. Um, but I also dabble in TikTok and I'm on Rap Chat as well. I'm big on Rap Chat. I have almost a half a million followers there. Um, rap Chat? I haven't heard of that. Okay. Yeah, rap Chat is an app where you can make and record raps on your phone. So that's one that I'm pretty big on as well. Um, but yeah, I use a, a lot of different apps. And uh, yeah, just focus on get it, driving streams to Spotify as well as growing my YouTube right now. And uh, yeah, you know, I try to get as much sleep as I can, you know, got to stay healthy. <laughs> I hear you. So um, let's talk blockchain because um, you are uh, definitely, uh, I would say, an expert on that. So you have consulting and you have a marketing business for blockchain called Advantage Blockchain. Um, with a with you know you do a bunch of consulting um projects. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that? That's a relatively new company for you, and it's based in Philly. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we do a lot of different things. We've worked with public and private. We traded companies. Um, so we've basically worked 
on a lot of different projects over the years. We've designed blockchains and worked on like project design of different programs and applications within blockchain. Um, we've also consulted with clients and helped them build cryptocurrency portfolios. Uh, we do a lot of investing and we have a fund under Advantage Blockchain now. So the business has developed a lot further. Uh, we mostly focus on our fund. And then we had a big uh, consulting contract that's lasted over a year for real estate and blockchain. So a big part of what we do is regulated securities and trading in real estate on the blockchain. So what this comes down to is the, the private securities markets, which are regulated by the SEC, and you'll be able to trade and do a lot of different functionality that you now do in paper-based markets um, with traditional contracts on the blockchain and with Ethereum. So that's all coming in the future, and it's very exciting. Um, you're going to be able to buy shares of buildings online with Ethereum, just like you can buy NFTs. Right. Okay. Wow. That's that's major. Um, and that was my next question, actually. What industries do you see blockchain disrupting? We always say disrupting, but really it's really to elevate these industries. But yeah, I mean, it does disrupt obviously as well. Um, but yeah, are there any other industries that you're, that you can predict that it will really shake up? Yeah. So real estate's a big one. Um, I think we're already seeing it do a lot of stuff with the DeFi and the way that it's revolutionizing sort of being your own bank and, and driving income in various ways within the crypto space. Um, I think supply chain is another one that has yet to take off. Um, I think that title management and management of documents and other things like that are going to be huge. People talk about it a lot in NFT rooms, but it's not necessarily going to be NFTs. A lot of the things people talk about for NFTs are very exciting, but they're not all going to be NFT based. Um, but I do believe in NFTs as well. They have a lot of applications in art and entertainment and different forms of data management. Absolutely. And are you um, collecting, can I just ask on a personal level, are you collecting NFTs or are you rather creating them or are you doing a mixture? Yeah, I'm doing both. I'm creating NFTs, buying, selling NFTs. I do it all. I'm big in the NFT markets and I totally believe in it. I, I really do think NFTs are going to be a big part of the crypto ecosystem from now until forever. I love it. I heard like that even houses or apartments rather are going to be built with like, because where do you display your NFTs? Like, it's like, if you buy artwork, you want to put it on your wall, you want to show it off. It's like, where do you show off your NFTs? I mean, I, I don't really know. Like, is there going to be like these beautiful display cabinets or are you going to just like tweet it out to your friends? Like I own this, like, how do you showcase? It? Yeah, they have some Samsung frames you can get and there's a lot of different ways, right. but yeah, I do think it's going to be about showing your friends online and looking at other people's wallets and showing it off in various different ways on social media. Yeah, that'll be a whole thing in itself. So um, you're also a director of uh, biz dev at Vertalo. Um, so it's a tech platform utilizing blockchain to bring to the real estate online. Um, is that something you are... Um, you know, you're doing again for Philly, is that tied to um, your consultancy or is it completely separate? Yeah, that's what I had mentioned that we have been in a one year plus uh, sort of arrangement with Vertalo. Uh, so we're building their real estate securities division on blockchain. 
Okay. All right. So you definitely don't sleep. <laughs> so I wanted to, um, I recently saw your video um, on Ethereum, which I love. Um, are you planning on making like more kind of, I guess they're not, yeah, they're kind of educational videos on like how to, um, are you planning on doing a lot more of that? And if you are, where can people get it? Is it mainly YouTube? Yeah. So I love making that video. I want to make a lot more. You can check them out on YouTube. Just search deal NFT or just search deal on YouTube and you'll find them. Um, I'll definitely make more. Awesome. Awesome. And we have two final questions here at Parlay Me. We always like to ask equally important. No, I'm just three, but the first one is um, who has inspired you? And I, I could say it's um, Jordan Belfort or maybe it's not, I don't know what your relationship is with him, but, um, but who has inspired you? We always ask this like um, an entrepreneur, right? So it could be someone in your family. It could be someone we know, like, you know, Richard Branson or Jordan Belfort or whoever it is um, that has, had kind of, I guess, the characteristics of an entrepreneur um, that you kind of like gravitate towards? Yeah, well, I think all of those, you know, people that I've already mentioned are great. And of course, Jordan Belford and all. But, um, you know, someone that I don't usually mention that deserves it a lot is my parents. Both of my parents are great uh, business people, uh, both entrepreneurs in their own ways. And so they've taught me more than anyone else in my life about how to do the things I do. Um, so I'm blessed to have great parents who know about business and have been able to help me. And they, they haven't really helped. I mean, like, look, they've given me an amazing life and they've helped me financially in so many ways. Um, but at the same time, they've taught me the value of independence and making things for myself. So they've been happy to give me knowledge and advice, but everything I have, I've really made for myself as well. Brilliant, brilliant. I love that. And um, our final question, if you were a gambling man, and we're not endorsing gambling, <laughs> but if you were, would you be a blackjack, a roulette, or a poker player? Oh, I, I'm definitely a roulette player. Oh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the reason for that, I could tell you. That's a good question. I really like this question. Yeah. The reason for that is because I don't think that I can, like, beat the, the house, per se. Uh, uh -huh. so, you know, and, and I, and I'm not like a poker player where I'm like really, really into gambling. So that's why I would just choose roulette because I'm there to have a good time. Um, I'm just seeing if I can win big and have some fun without putting in a lot of effort. Um, if I, you know, on the other hand, I'm not going to go poker because I'm not trying to sit there for hours on end and put on so, so much effort to then still probably have what a 50, 50 chance of winning anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's a gamble. That's why it's called gambling. It's a gamble either way. Um, so brilliant. I always love that question. Look, this has been such joy to speak to you and hear your story, how you got into this whole crypto, music, social media, blockchain world. Um, and you're just doing, you're firing on all cylinders. So keep doing what you're doing. It's brilliant. We love watching it. For those listening, you can um, check out Famous Dill on 
Instagram. You can check him out on YouTube. Um, I don't know if there's a particular platform, Dill, that you like people to connect to you Yeah, on. sure. You can hit me up on Instagram, Famous Dill, or go to my website, itslit.org. Just search Dill on most websites and you'll be able to find me, D-Y-L. And definitely check out my stuff. You can hit me up anytime. Check out the Crypto Rich album as well. And yeah, this interview is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dill. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Um, I've never been to Philly one day. Um, but yeah, I love your gram. I'm always <laughs> surfing through it. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Dill. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks so much.